I've been thinking about doing this podcast for a while. I live with mental, I hate illness as the term. Illness? Mental health. Skillness? <laughs> uh, no, I, uh. Mental skillness? Depression has always been a part of my life since I was a kid. And, you know, I've opened up to you a little bit about some of my mental health journey and whatnot. But I wanted to start this podcast to kind of just create a conversation around the things that I love. I mean, I love comedy. I love weed. But also I wanted it to be a place where people can talk about some tough things, perhaps. But I'm just going to introduce today's guest. This is my good friend, very funny comedian, someone I look up to, um, Sarah Weinshank. Thank you. Hi, I love you. Um, I look up to you, too. Oh, thanks. That's because I'm literally taller than you. I have um, no choice. No, we uh, we became friends, I want to say, like, a little under a year ago. Like, quick friends. And um, we basically realize very fast that we're pretty much the same person it's so weird right <laughs> yeah we're like have these moments of like wait what yeah you do that too what your dad's name is steve too yeah what? And, and isn't your dad a lawyer as well yeah yeah crazy so and he's from the valley just like my dad um to the same wait your dad went to van nuys right? he went to grant oh yeah my dad went to grant yeah we've had this conversation and he's a steve w and, and I'm a st- and my dad's a Steve W. Yeah, and we've had this conversation so many times that we're both stoners. So yeah. every time, to me, it's like the first time. It's I'm like, like yeah, yeah, it's like such high. a stoner conversation. Like, like we're basically stoner soul sisters. We're stoner soul sisters in life and in comedy. And it's true. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, this podcast could be triggering to some, but I hope to think that it kind of, um offers people some sort of relief to hear other people's stories and experiences that they've had with mental health because yeah, we all mental have mental health is a better health. term than mental yeah. illness. I don't like to say mental illness because I think labels are so important to how people react and respond and like understand things, right? And labels give meaning to things. So I like to almost reframe the mind of like what is mental health and I think that everyone has mental health. We all have minds. And I think that the thing that people don't realize is that any moment we are all subjected to becoming, you know, mentally ill, if you will. Well, that's something that I never realized until my recent experience, because I'm like, yeah, I'm depressed. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I've lived with depression. I have anxiety. It's been mostly manageable. So I thought. But then after you factor in grief and like lack of sleep. Those two things are like adding, um, like a Duraflame log to like right. the kindling. Like it just fucking like pushed me over the edge. So basically, Sarah, um, recently went through an experience that I just went to the psych ward. She just truthfully got out. <laughs> she got out. Um, no, she, uh, I'll let you obviously tell it in your own words, but I think it's important for people to hear and to understand and to kind of normalize that sometimes we get into, we have moments in our life that come out of nowhere, you know, something happens and you, you won't even expect it. And, um, it makes you realize like, Hey, I might need some extra help. And it's scary. I mean, like it's scary when you're, uh, pretty much a self-sufficient self-supporting adult right to literally just feel like you had the rug pulled from under you like psych ward if you would have said the words psych ward 
first of all, to me, like even like two weeks ago, it would have been like it would have been like there's no way I'm gonna be in right. that. I mean, truthfully, as a, as your friend, I never, I didn't think that that was something at the time. Obviously, that I just like. I mean, like I feel as, pretty to stable. Watch, yeah, I mean, looking at you here now, I mean, like, there's no doubt in my mind, and even if you weren't, but, like, you are, you seem to me, I can confirm, obviously, but, like, as your friend, to watch someone go through it on the other side, because usually I'm the unstable one, interesting, right, and, like, to see, like, what maybe my family saw, or what not saw, but, like, to experience it on that side, and to realize, like, how, like, you know, I really care for this person, and, like, how quickly it could happen right that's scary yeah the how it can just happen i mean i think for me a big part of what led me there yeah do you want to talk i mean yeah, feel yeah, free, yeah. free to share um yeah what you feel comfortable sharing i never want people to feel obligated to share something but i do think that it's helpful to be um you know, comedians, we have no problem opening up and just be saying, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I think that it's so important because so many other people go through and have this experience or um, are afraid to get help, you know, for a variety of reasons. Or can't afford help. I can't afford it. Or don't have the tools. Yeah. And that's mainly know. the other thing is like, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's important that we have these conversations. I Absolutely. Think. I mean... The other part of it is, okay, okay, so for me, what kind of triggered it was my friend committed suicide, comedian, Brody Stevens. Some of you might know of him, some of you might not. Um, He hung himself. So, first of all, that's the first time I've dealt with a suicide and the way that it like was, a close someone that wasn't your family member, but like someone close enough to be family that it hurt just like family. It hurt just like family, if not more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because friends are your chosen family, so it, it it definitely was impactful. And like somebody who, um, from the moment that I met him, just really nurtured me and gave a fuck about my c- career. And to just have that, and just to have that suddenly, like, gone and not even have a chance to process it and then have to have people who are also feeling it messaging me constantly, checking in to see if I'm okay, strangers, fans, um, you know, because, like, with me and him, like, we would be on podcasts together like twice a month. So, right. And this is somebody that I see multiple times a week. This is someone who did my yeah. podcast. I mean, you literally experienced the utmost grief, right. the utmost, like most tragic thing ever that, you know, we all are going to have to experience in our adult lives at some point. Yeah. And it just, yes. exactly. And it just happen out of nowhere and the thing is is like none of us are really given those tools we're not like we're taught math science arithmetic or whatever arithmetic we're not taught arithmetic. we're not taught like hey you know you're gonna have people close to you in your lives someday that are gonna die. suddenly die here's here are the tools necessary for grief we're not taught that and i find that to be crazy i mean and also like the grieving process is so weird like and i 
for me personally, I haven't dealt with that much loss, luckily. Um, knock on wood or whatever. This is teak, fake wood. I don't know. Linoleum. Who knows? Um, um, yeah, for me, uh, the only other death – I mean, I've experienced deaths and, like, sudden deaths – but this one really was close to me because we were both from the same place. It was just like a special connection and it really hurt. Um, but it's weird because it makes you do weird things. I'm yeah. Like, I'm finding like I just like I couldn't sleep. And like I would sleep in like three hour increments. Like I'd be able to sleep for three hours and then I'd wake up and then I'd sob. And then I'd like fall asleep for an hour and then i just like sob uncontrollably. Like and this just continued and like. There was no, like, I wasn't able to, like, pull myself out of it. Right. And um, it went on from, like, February 22nd until, like, March 6th. That's a long time to not sleep. That's a long time in retrospect to go without consistent. With, yeah, without consistent, like, like sleep. And your brain needs that. It's right. It's like a chemical thing, too. Right. Like, I'm... Uh, that was my thing is like as your friend who was witnessing the other side of it mm-hmm. like I was like okay it was almost like I didn't realize what was happening at the time because you and I are stoners and we have these conversations anyways and we are ones to very much connect things and like whatever so it, I almost didn't even I was like oh Sarah she's just I get it like it wouldn't it never to me was like it, oh until there was a certain point where I was like, oh, shit, I don't think she's sleeping. And I think she's kind of losing it. Yeah. And I was like, and this is like, I was like, this is not Sarah. Like, this is, uh, you know, what happens when. I was in a psychosis. You were in a state of psychosis. And I literally looked up the definition of psychosis. Mm-hmm. I sent it to Kim. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what's happening to Sarah. I don't even think she realizes it. No, I didn't realize. I thought I was thriving. That's the best part. I'm texting people. <laughs> I'm telling them I'm thriving. No one She's who's thriving, thriving is texting people that they're thriving. Yeah, it's like, I'm a good guy. You can trust me. Um, No, yeah. but like, and then I w- I she sent, I think, it to your mom. Because like, obviously, it's like we all, because it's not, you know, I've only known you for a short time, but like obviously your friends that I talked to have known you much longer. We all collectively knew that this was not you. This was right. like what, you know, this is not Sarah. Right. I and, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were all concerned, you know, what yeah. not what not Sarah could do because we, we didn't want you to get hurt, you know, obviously. I was not operating at my normal 100%. frequency. Um, but also if you – the only thing I can explain it as like – to someone who has no clue what we're talking about or can't wrap their mind around what it would be like. Because you weren't taking, like, you're not you're not on medication for, like, depression or anxiety no. or anything like that, no. right? No, now I'm on a mood stabilizer. I feel now great. Now you are. Yes, I feel right. the best I've ever felt. But before. Felt. No. Right. Um, and, and so th- what I'm, my point is, like, we're all going to experience grief. Yeah. And sadness, and this can happen to anyone. Yeah, and it could be... It could be a combination of things. It could be lack of sleep mixed with grief. It could be just lack of sleep. It just, like, it depends on your body's chemistry. It depends on, like, what your brain needs, your chemicals. It's a whole fucking thing. But the only thing I can compare it to, like, that makes the most sense to me and is how I can, like, separate myself from what happened. Because I babysit. I've babysat a lot. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, a kid that's so tired that they're, like... 
not themselves to like throwing themselves on the floor and just like unable to like function and like that's what happened i just was like unable to function and i knew it was due to lack of sleep because you were grieving yeah and also like grief um can put you into a psychosis yeah as well it it can manifest itself yeah yeah i just had never truthfully seen it live like that yeah, live, well, happy, live and in person. Be, to be the <laughs> I got a front row seat. No, uh, front backstage uh, tickets to the psychosis <laughs> shop. No, but I honestly like. I'm so glad, like, because you have like a bunch of really good, caring people around you. I know, I'm so, and we lucky. all are fucked up <laughs> and have I gone know. through our own mental health struggles. So it was like we kind of knew like what we needed to do. Yeah, you guys. You know? Okay, first of all, my friends are amazing. Thank you so much. But like. When I was in the psych ward, I was like, oh, no, I have another phone call. I was like, I was like turning away phone calls. You were literally the most popular girl Bitch in the psych in the ward. ward. You were like. I was like, okay, I picked up the phone. I was like. Like, it's another call for Sarah Weinshank. Everyone like, else is getting jealous. They're like, does this bitch ever, like, does she have an enemy? Okay, <laughs> like, my, the phone's ringing nonstop. But they're bringing me post-its. I'm like, I don't want to call back these people. I'm so tired. Like, and I'm so okay. So let's just talk a little bit about what inside the ward yeah, that's is what like. I, what because, happens on the inside? Because that's really that's really where the magic happens. If I if I will. Um, How long were you there? Seventy two hours. Um, that's really the longest they can hold you, unless you're really in like danger. Then they can hold you for up to fourteen days. And I met someone that was in there for fourteen days. And let me tell you, the uh, level that I was on was I wasn't allowed to go outside wasn't allowed you look out the windows there's just bars on them um I tried to move to like an open room they're like no you're leaving in like six hours we're not gonna move you right now I was like six hours feels like 30 days like six hours in there like I kept looking at the clock like were you allowed to watch tv uh I don't I honestly like they give you so many medications that like I don't really remember a lot of it. Like the stuff that I do remember is either super humiliating or super funny. There's like really no in between. Yeah. Um but like they gave me okay. First of all, to calm me down. I was like on one i was in the hospital calling doctors cocksuckers and like cracking up like i was <laughs> killing it in my mind i was thriving i was like i'm funny as fuck right now in this psychosis like i'm great what are you talking about like um i kept calling the ambulance that took me to the hospital my chariot i was like <laughs> oh my chariot's here finally thank you i was just like really regressing too like i went in the psychiatrist's office i took a jar of uh Dolly Ranchers and threw it on the ground like tantrum shit like not myself at all um get to the hospital and I just remember like I mean also like cops had to come there's like 12 cops in my parents house because when you're in that state you are a danger to yourself not to others per se but to myself and I think my parents wanted to get to the bottom of what's going on, like, because I was so out of my mind. And, um, yeah. Um, but I've also had, like, a lot of loss in a short amount of time. I had a breakup that was really painful for me. Um, I had 
the last person I did's dad die. I had to see that. Like I've seen some shit. I had I've had people die suddenly around me, but this was extra close and this just brought up like old wounds. Um so when I was in the in the hospital, they gave me like shots of Ativan and Benadryl in my thigh. So I don't remember anything. So like, they put you out basically. They put me out so they could like take me in to get to the bottom of what was going on and then like i just did you find they were helpful no nothing none of this was helpful i mean like ultimately yes i'm i'm were they kind to you no not really i mean i just felt so alone i felt really alone and i just remember looking around the hospital and i kept commenting on how ugly it was and everyone's like okay i was like can we get some color in the hospital? Like, this is making Sarah me- gets into the psych ward and she's already ready to redecorate. Yeah, I'm like, can we, like, get some <laughs> nice wallpaper? Like, what's happening? Even just the hospital. Like, when I was in the hospital, I was like, this is hideous. This makes me feel sick just from literally being. It makes you it. feel like you're in trouble. It makes you feel like you're in trouble. And it's like, it's if somebody sprained their wrist, would you, would you make them feel like they were in trouble? Right. If somebody broke their arm, somebody has cancer, you're not like, oh, you're in trouble. Hopefully not. No. I mean, there's just like this big divide between like the healthcare system and, and humanity, it seems. So Obviously. when I get there, um, basically they, they're feeding you medication. So it's like I wake up. I'm in like a cold room in a new place. I have two roommates who, by the way, great, love them. Really, love you guys my like roommates. BFF forever. Uh, one of them called to check on me. Yeah, after I got Young, out, old. Uh, one was middle age and one was around my age. Okay, and both like really sweet. So I got really lucky on that front. I mean, did like, they say why they were there? Uh, no, and like I, I, yeah, I don't know why they were there, but I know that um. It's hard to really think like clearly while you're in there because they're giving you these medications. I mean, they're giving me Ativan and they're giving me Ambien and I don't have the option of denying it. I can't be like, no, I'm not going to take that because I also need to stay calm because if I lose my shit, then I could be in there for 14 days. Right. So I'm like, and then you don't know what's going to happen to you after that. And then you don't know. Yeah. Like the. I mean, and I'm lucky. Like, I come from a great family. I have the tools. They, they're they able to help me pay for therapy. Were you able to call your parents? I was. Um, I tried to call my parents to get me out. I was like, hey, I'm not a danger to myself or others. And my parents were like, we can't get you out for 72 hours. So, sorry. And I was like, can you bring me some clothes? And they're like, okay. So, they brought me, like, some clothes and stuff. But, um... It was just really fucking, it's really overwhelming in there, too. So, like, yeah, they give you medication. They're like, okay, here's your medication. I'm like, I'm not prescribed medication. They're like, well, now you are. And I'm like, well, while you're in here, you have to take it. So they're giving me, like, anti-anxiety medication. And then also, like, there is a patient's rights advocate who you can um, connect with. And if you need somebody to kind of like vet for you while you're in there, but, but there's only one and there's like, she's you can, can you refuse meds? Uh, it's not, I mean, the state that I was in, I was not in a state to refuse meds because I was unstable. Like, okay. it's like, I just knew that I had to do what they said to get out of there. So like, 
I don't know, even know what that does to your brain chemistry to just be taking meds. I like know that. that's my that was my question was you know what if you just don't want to take yeah like, but I get it because you know you're obviously in a state where you need something yeah and it's chemistry it's just mm-hmm. chemicals like drugs are just chemicals mm-hmm. so but like an ambient no like I'm not gonna be taking ambient like and I had to do like do you have any CBD mm-hmm. or like, perhaps I... THC capsules yeah yeah <laughs> any indica cannabis indica exactly <laughs> yeah so like for me it's just that was all crazy but like there was some funny things that happened like and weird things like okay there's like this room it was like a game room where everybody like hangs out and it's like okay this did is- you like play a lot of gin rummy that's I what i played in the psych ward oh, okay i played a lot of taboo and i was like oh, damn I'm isn't good. it funny all the games in the psych ward are like escape games yeah <laughs> yeah that's hilarious also there's like connect four i lost to connect four so many times i was like i think that i would be getting like at this point I should be good at connecting. Yeah. There was this one dude who kept pissing me off, though, because he's like, he was in like a, um, like what they put you in, like, is like a scrub outfit, kind of like what you wear at the gynecologist. That's okay. Like, like a loose fitting. Yeah. A um, gown. Yeah. A gown. He's in a gown. Okay. Can you see his butt cheeks? His butt cheeks, ball sack, everything. Ugh, and too he's much. fucking straddling the chair. Why? The chair that's next to the phone. Right? Ugh, so his balls are all over? Balls are he, he, skin to skin. <laughs> chair no to one ball. Is, no one is, a, no one is a, a addressing this situation? I fucking pull aside somebody and I'm like, you got to get this man some pants. And they're like, okay, we will. I'm like, I'm tired of looking at his nutsack. And I also want to use the phone. I have all these people I have to call back. Yeah, you have important. He's like on the phone with his wife. He's pissed off probably. The whole thing is just like insane. And then like, okay, the game room. This is what was tripping me out the most. You're in this game room. First of all, they have two books. The books are Guinness World, Guinness Book of World Records, which is like, okay, who wants to unwind with that? And then the other one is Ripley's Believe It or Not. And I'm like, even in a sane state of mind, looking at a Ripley's Believe It or Not book. These are two of the worst books you could ever, ever have. This is one, okay, all of these, this is unattainable goals. Right. Two, uh, am, is this really happening or am I just crazy? Yeah, I'm like, okay, there's like a woman with like five eyes in the book and you're what like, terrible you're like, idea. You're like well, who decided that this was okay? And then there was a Vogue and I was like, I took the Vogue and I put it under my pillow. And then here's the body dysmorphia. They're literally giving you, it's like subliminal mental disorders. You. They're like, here you go. Just just hang out. It's fun. Okay, but there's weird shit. Then they have like activities that you can do that honestly like save me. Art and Art. crafts. I mean, like I never give a fuck about beating. All of a Was sudden. there a lot I'm of macaroni? Like, Oh no, I wish. Um, there's just like beating, beating. Yeah, and art was, is so amazing. It was like, and I hate beating. Like, I don't have the. Patience. I can't tell you how many sock puppets I sewed in the psych ward. You really? That's amazing. I think I still, I still have them. Sock puppets in the ward. I mean, I was the best artist. I mean, honestly, my tri- my Picasso days were in the ward. I was in my prime when I was twelve. Um, how many days did you go for? I was there for three weeks. No. But that's where I was diagnosed bipolar. Okay. So now are you on meds for being bipolar? I think I was misdiagnosed. Yeah. Like, I definitely have depression and anxiety, but um, probably could use a medication if I wanted. I just choose to not because I was the opposite. I was, like, growing up forced to take medication that I didn't 
necessarily want to take. Yeah. See, for me, like being on, I've been on this medication for, I don't know, like five days and I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. That's what makes me feel like, hmm, maybe, uh, I just, maybe I would give it a try again. However, I just, I don't know. There's just something about not being on medication to I know. me. Like, well, when I'm out with the, my my psychiatrist, I was like, I don't want to be on medication because I'm really scared. Like, my friend who just fucking killed himself was just on Lex- a new thing of Lexapro. Yeah, and like, that's the stuff I used to take. Lexapro scares me. But, like, at the end of the day, <clears throat> like, if you have the right doctors and the right team of people and, like, you're ch- It can be very helpful. It can... Yeah, and it's just a chemical thing. That's what he's saying. Like, there's four chemicals in your brain. I don't Serotonin, know. dopamine. Neuro, ephron, and one more. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah. Neuro and ephron, something else. Um, but, yeah, so when those chemicals are off, and they can get off from lack of sleep mm-hmm. easily. They can get off from anything. Yeah. <laughs> those, those chemicals get off. They're getting <laughs> off. You know what I mean? They stay getting off. Uh, Isn't it crazy that we're just... It is just a bunch of chemicals up there. Yeah, that's what he kept saying. Yeah, and I kept being like, I don't want to go on meds. I don't want to go on meds. And the first day he put me on this med, it was called gabapent something. I don't know. It's all just kind of a blur at this point. <laughs> but he puts me on this medication and he says, take one pill. Um, see how you feel. If you can't go to bed, then take another pill. Okay, an hour later, I take the first pill, wait an hour, can't go to bed. Take the other pill, can't go to bed. Six hours later, I'm like, I'm fucking taking a third pill because I haven't slept. Like, I can't handle this. I take another pill and my thoughts instantly go from being like okay to dark as fuck. Like dark, 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 dark. The first day you took this pill? The first day I took this pill. And I was like... I was just like really checking in with myself, which I think is really important and like really, really honest and really, really vocal. Mm -hmm. Like that's what is really important. I think if someone's going through this, like you have to tell your doctor everything. Like I'm like, I've done shrooms this many times. I've done acid this many times. This is, this is who I am. Right. I smoke weed all the time. This is, this is like business this is business as usual for me this is not usual for me x y and z and in front of my parents too because it's like i needed help like i needed someone to be my advocate i can't i can't do it on my own and i'm a control freak so to like be able to like say all this and have these conversations was like really important and the second i had the bad thoughts he's like all right we're pulling you off of it put me on something else next day and now i'm like feel like, somebody put an oxygen mask on me. Like, really? Yeah. He put you on something else? He put me on something else. I can tell you what it is. Hold on. Uh, it's a mood stabilizer. It is a... I want to just, like, tell people because yeah. there's oh, no shame she, in it. She got her purse. I'm pulling out my meds, okay? Um, Depakote. 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 Yeah, I took that as a kid. Depakote. This shit is helping me. I'm Hi, it back you highly recommend. Purse. I pull it out of my purse to read the name of it. Okay. <laughs> highly recommend. Um, highly recommend. Are you yeah. on a low dose? I'm on a very low dose. I'm on a very low dose, and he says he wants me on the dose for a year, and I'm down. Like until I. You're willing to try it. I'm willing to try whatever he says because at this point, 
Um, I never thought that I would end up in that position. And it's it kind of like shook me and made me realize how uh, we're just human beings. With and, chemicals. With chemicals. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's that. But like. So I, you're overall. How would you rate this experience? How would you rate your, how would you rate? No. I Um, feel like overall it was a positive thing. Ultimately. Like I feel. Do you think that if, if this hadn't had happened the way it did, you would have gotten the help on your own? No. That's why, that's why there's these protocols. That's why, that's why people, when someone is like unable to take care of themselves, people call the police. Because it it will happen. Because that's the thing is like, it's the people who aren't prepared. It's the people who never have something like this happen. Not to you, but it's the ones who, okay, they're unprepared for this life event emotionally. Yeah. Shit. You know, like, thank God that there's these support systems, although they're very intense and drastic. It almost is necessary because it's like, if this happens, you know, this is what this is where you end up and this is what can happen. But it also is life-saving in an essence because it's your safety net, right? Yeah, like I feel like I would have never been like, hey, mom, dad, I need to go to a psychiatrist and I need to be on medication. And I don't even know if they would be open to that. Like my parents are really anti-meds. But then right. once they saw the state that I was in, they're like, just do whatever this doctor says. Like I have a really amazing doctor who's like the head of psych at UCLA. So I'm okay. really, really fortunate um, you know, I don't know. It's it, the timing of it's weird because I know Brody suffered from some mental health issues. Like anyone who's watched the show, enjoy it. There's scenes with him. Which I started to watch, which was crazy because I also went to the same, um, psych ward that he went to, but I was much younger. It's, was it UCLA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just interesting because I didn't go to UCLA. UCLA is a good one. The place that I went I, re- I looked it up on Yelp. It had two stars. And I was like, who's rating the psych Hilarious. on Yelp? That's so funny. Um, you should write that down. I Not did. that you haven't. but uh, sis- well, Listen, sister, I've written down a lot of shit about what happened in the ward. Uh, when I went there, they, when I was at UCLA, because like, they paid me to do a study on my brain to like cat skin. I was a part of like a study on like bipolar brains. How old are you at this point? 12. That's intense. I can only imagine... <laughs> going as an adult when you're much more because like when you're a kid it's like you know you I was 12 so I'm just like whatever you know like I've I, been in and yeah. out of doctors and being sick or ill was kind of like part of my story as a kid right so as an adult I can only imagine I think that as an adult you have a different perspective on it because you're like wow if everyone in my life is worried about me and And all these people who love me, like, I have really amazing people in my life, like you and Mel and Chelsea. Like, I have all these people who give a fuck. And if everyone's really worried about me, like, this much, then I have to look at that. Mm -hmm. I can't run away from that. Like, there's something that's happening that's, like, bigger than me and who I think I am. But honestly, it's – it's – you – you seem so much better, obviously. I'm um, so much better. And like, and, but then again, like, I'm really fortunate. But it's I also have, like, you have this reset. You, exactly. I you have know, the tools. You have the support. I have, my parents can help me. 
get back on my feet. They can help me pay for therapy. Not everyone can have that. I have good friends. I have um, a career that thrives with this kind of situation. Like I have a, I mean, I really feel that this happened for a reason, but it is the timing of it's really weird because I just sat down to rewatch, enjoy it. And like, I'm watching this and like a few days later, I'm living it. What the fuck? And then I'm like, this is happening because I'm supposed to be talking about this. This is happening because um, there's one thing that Brody did. It was he talked about his shit. He wasn't like, and um, there's this uh, researcher that my original therapist turned me on to. Her name's Brene Brown. And she talks about, she studies mostly vulnerability and shame. And she says those are the cornerstones of basically everything. So um, the only way she says to combat shame is with vulnerability Mm -hmm. because otherwise we live it. We can just be in a shame spiral because there are some things I did that were fucking embarrassing. I'm like calling people I don't know at 8 a.m. and being like, hey, what's up? Can we hang out? They're like, what do you do? Like, who are you? And, like, in my mind at that time, this is completely, like, normal behavior. Like, and I have a lot of, like, humiliation and shame associated with it. So I'm trying to fight through that and realize and give myself a break and hope that in sharing this that other people will be like, okay, I hear that. I get that. And also, oh, you and also highly relate to you and be like, girl, you think that's shameful? Listen to what I did. And exactly. through their stories, you'll you know, start heal. to heal. Exactly. Yeah. And one in four people have some type of mental health issue. I looked <laughs> it up last night. I would say that's probably higher because there's so much shame admitting it. Yeah. And also, um, I mean, look, if you take a walk in Los Angeles, you'll see. You'll see homeless people everywhere. A lot of that is mental health. You'll see, yeah. and it comes. I think we have a mental health OCD. crisis in this country, and I we're mean, starting to see it unfold rapidly. The other thing is, like the second I get out of there, they have me sign something that says I'm not going to buy a gun. I'm like, the last thing I would ever want to do is buy a gun. No problem. I'll sign this immediately. <laughs> um, I just sat on my foot for a while, and now it's like falling asleep and like spreading to my crotch. This is what's happening. <laughs> Your crotch is falling asleep. All of it, my whole right side. <laughs> I just sat on my. Oh my God, I crushed worst. my leg with my thigh. Any advice to someone who might feel like they might need to reach out, or like any advice for for someone who's grieving, grieving, or going through something tragic? See, like, grieving. This is what I think. One exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been exercising every day since I've been out, and it's totally. I see the arm muscles. Yeah, I'm flexing already. I'm turning into Popeye three days out. Um, exercise, exercise, get outside, nature. Also, um, go online. You can type in, you know, therapist on a scale, and you can find therapists that will accommodate what you need financially and they have to legally accommodate you that's part of being a therapist in california in california and i'm sure in other places as well um and even if you're having like dark thoughts fucking call somebody reach out to somebody and if somebody doesn't answer then fucking call somebody else or do something that you like to do i mean lead into your creativity what what are some things you do for self-care Exercise, go on walks. Exercise, These are all- hikes, nature, 
baths, jacuzzi. These are things that like uh, stuff that like takes you out of your head and puts you in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps. I also like it's really to me the the craziest thing about this is that I'm really into self help. I've read a lot of self help stuff. I listen to self help stuff. I listen to a lot of Ram Dass. I listen to a lot of Alan Watts. I listen to uh, you know Eckhart Tolle. Like you name Deepak. Like I've done like that's how I spend my time so for this to happen and to feel like and i have thinking that i have all of these tools in my toolbox that i can just go to and then for this to happen and like none of those are there all of a sudden and just like to feel like somebody just like knocked me off off where i was um i mean to be a comedian you it takes an immense amount of mental strength so like meditation um, I have the Headspace app. I'm gonna download the Calm app. I heard that's great. There's also this book my therapist recommend. It's called I have to say it because um, it is a guide to treating depression without medication. And are you currently smoking weed? No, I'm not smoking weed, which is really hard for me. Um, I told my doctor that I would not smoke weed for a week. Okay until um he wanted me to have some blood work done but you said you're not even really like having that desire because you I'm, feel so good i feel so much better yeah right um because for me weed was a weed is and i love it's smoking. a down it's a depressed it's a down it is a downer but it also for me it's a way it made me feel more regular like right. and it makes me feel more regular and i will smoke. you're also a, you love cbd as well i love cbd but he said no cbd or thc um at least until i'm like regulated regulated more regulated. which is fair yeah which is fair and it's it's been hard but like i also have like a bunch of weed that i'm just collecting and the right. second he says i can smoke it i'm proud of you I'm for giving it a shot it. yeah i'm just doing whatever the fuck he says because at this point i never thought i was gonna end up there right so however i can get not there not there we'll do okay so this book is called feeling good um it's by David D. Burns, and it is a um, consumer's guide to antidepressant drugs. And also, um, it teaches you how to rewire your thought patterns mm-hmm. in your brain because what we think is what we manifest, basically. Yeah, but this is, like, the science behind it. This is, like, talking about creating new neuropathways in your brain and how cognitive therapy can... Um, be as powerful, if not more powerful, according to this book, than medication. Than medication. Um, but the crazy thing about this book is that in the preface, they just basically tell you that people who have read this book have been able to stay off medication. Yeah. And I told him I didn't want to be on medication. This is the first book he suggested I read, and it's really good. So I want to read it after you. Yeah. Cool. And this guy also has a podcast. Oh, wow. Um, I like tweeted. We should invite him to come on. Yes. I don't even know where he lives or what his deal is. I'm David D. Burns, MD. Um, yeah. I mean, and I got, I mean, like, I've just been really lucky, like, to have this experience, to be able to recover from this experience. Um, How do you think it's going to um, affect your comedy? Or play a part in your comedy. I think it's going to help me like be able to be more vulnerable, which is something that I've shied away from for a really long time. But like, I have no choice but to. I just love how you're owning it. 
Yeah, I'm like, I had a mental breakdown. I was in the psych ward. What's up? But I think that's so cool. Because we don't have a choice. Like, it's the only way I can survive right now is by talking about it. And, like, I've always been able to talk about shit. But, like, on stage I've had a harder time talking about stuff. Yeah. But, like, there's been some funny shit that's happened. It's hilarious. There's moments of, Dude, like, as soon as you went in, I was like, she's going to have so much material. Dude, is okay. that the fucked up part? Yeah, no. I'm like, as I'm in there, I'm like, I'm getting material. This I'm low-key jealous. I'm like, can they check in two for <laughs> one? Do you think she can have a roommate? Yeah, like, exactly. Um... No, so it was just like, what was I going to tell you? I think that creativity, um, a lot of people who suffer from mental illness, creativity is the perfect outlet for it. Like, I don't even fucking, I've been so afraid to like do anything musical, like music related because as a kid. Oh yeah, you're going to do the drums? I'm going to do the drums. I'm going to learn the drums. I might take a piano class. I might take a singing lesson. Like, I just feel like that's a way to, like, release something that, like, is different than stand-up. I love that. Uh, And then, like, writing. And, like, okay, so there's this guy that comes into the psych ward. His name's Jim. He's, like, 70-something years old. Okay? He comes with a tambourine, a cowbell, like, maracas. What'd you go for? um, The triangle? No, I got you. Everyone, he makes you sit in a circle like you're in preschool and you pass the instrument like clockwise. But I'm telling you, this I was like looking forward to him coming like the next day. I was like, I can't wait till Jim's here and he can play some music because <laughs> like, you're like um, like a dog that's like in the pound. If you see dogs that are in the pound and they're like on drugs and then they see like someone and they're like, eh, any like, kind of attention, please. any kind of attention, like positive please, attention, please Jim, please Jim, play music for me. So he shows up with like this speaker. He's like the nicest guy and he's like playing music for us. And it's like the most beautiful healing experience of the whole thing. And like, um, it really made me realize like the power of art and how and creativity and I did stand up in the psych ward. How was it? Well, did you crush? I did. I crushed. I barely I did like maybe three minutes. I couldn't get through my material because I was also on a lot of drugs. Hilarious. Um, and when I was like, oh, fuck, I need a mic. And the only thing I could find was a pepper shaker. And it was it was like a it was black. So I was like, this looks kind of like a mic. It looked like a mic enough for me to play make believe. It was either that or salt. And I was like, no, that doesn't look mic adjacent at all um and so i start doing stand-up with the pepper shaker and they take it away from me and i'm like i don't understand like how come i can use the pepper shaker on my food but i can't use it as a mic like what the fuck like and then i'm like should i do it with a nutrigrain bar i tried to stand up with a nutrigrain bar at one point and i'm like this sucks like i'm over it i don't want to stand up anymore in the psych ward i'm over it but then like i'm like giving out my twitter handle to my new friends in the war do they think they followed you yeah they did i've been talking to some of them it's great um but like it made me realize that that's what comedy's for like that's where so I want to be doing comedy. Yeah. I want to go into psych wars. I want to go into fucking rehabs. I want to go into those places. Those are the people who fucking need it. Because if Jim, the music man with a fucking tambourine that's 70 years old, can come in and play some fucking songs that I don't even like half the songs, but I can feel that much better than like these people need it more than anybody. Yeah, for sure. And they're stuck in there. You're stuck in there. It's fucked up. Um, yeah. So, okay, Jim the music guy. But you got out. 
I got out. <laughs> she's out. Uh, she's out. I'm referring myself to she as she in the third person. Things are great. Also, there's like this lady that came to like talk about your feelings and you sit in a circle. I was not feeling that as much, but uh, okay. They gave me food overall. The feta chicken. I didn't even know that was a dish that existed in the world. I think they just like made it up in the ward. They're like, would you, would you recommend it? Loved it. Really? I don't know what it was. So you have a dish that came from the ward that you would like. Con- dishes a, from the ward. A dishes from the ward. You're going to launch like a, a medicated cookbook. A cookbook. It's because everything in the ward is medicated because yeah. you're medicated. An ambient chicken. <laughs> ambient achiote ambient, chicken. Amb- yeah, that's hilarious. Ambient artichoke dish. Yes. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. I a like- fucking, uh, what is it called? Um, Alexa Pro an- Alexapro lemon meringue pie. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, Buchan Wellington. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, no, like just... Um, A beef well Buchan. But like the thing, the other part of it was at one point they say, do you want a McRib for dinner or a hot dog? And I'm like... Like actually all, from McDonald's? No. Okay, first of all, a McRib shady to begin with, let alone a McRib from the psych ward. Nobody knows what a McRib is in general. And then you factor in the fact that it's from a psych ward. No. That's offensive. And then I said hot dog. Thank God. I bit, I bite into the hot dog. I, go, I want the McRib. It's the hot dog. I'm like, both of these are. They fucked it up. I almost threw up when I bit into the hot dog. I was like, this does not taste right. And then I ate the. No entire- wonder they're going crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I ate I'm the entire. Kidding. I fucking ate the entire McRib. Loved it. Really? Highly recommend. I don't know if I loved it, but I was like, you're hungry in there. And you're like, whatever. This is the only thing I can like hide behind right now. It's like, let me lose myself in this uh, McRib. The one thing that was I had a hard time with was like they take away and it makes sense. But like, it's annoying. I didn't get dental floss because people could like kill themselves with that, I guess. But I'm like, just watch me floss. Like be a floss cuck. Yeah. I don't want to kill myself, but I need to floss. Like I can't not. If I don't floss, I might kill myself. Yeah. That's how I felt. Like I was like, please just. And then I'm like looking at my shoes. I don't have shoelaces. I'm like, this is an eyesore. I like, I want my shoelaces. Like it's, I look mentally ill without shoelaces. Like what the the fuck like and then the shampoo do not recommend it's in the psych ward shampoo conditioner body wash all in one no three in one i'm like that's I, crazy i'm like at least treat now, me to some herbal essences they're like multiple personality disorder not here <laughs> yeah <laughs> all in one yeah three personalities in one shampoo and conditioner i was like hey um can i get some shampoo and conditioner and also some soap they're like Here's, they like squirt it into like this like Dixie cup and they're like, here you go. You're like, and a side of self-respect perhaps. Yeah. The whole. They're like, that's the extra squirt. <laughs> no, the whole thing is just like, I don't know. It, it was really eye opening. I'm happy to be out. I'm happy. I'm happy you're out. I feel a lot better. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I well, tell people where they can find you. Follow me at on per- your on your journey out. My journey out. Um, no, yeah. Follow me at Princess Shank, Princess like normal, and then another S H E N K. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. I have my comedy dates up there. Um, I have a podcast called Shank S H E N K. That's on iTunes, Spotify, Laughable, all the places. I have a second season of my web series Stone Science coming out on Gas Digital with Kimberly Congdon. We've got twelve episodes. Are really great. Um, 
and a few other projects in the works, and I'll be at Skank Fest 2019. Um, and in Vegas. And in Vegas in May. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'm, what yeah. else? Anything else? That's it, man. This was fun. This was good. This Thank was you like, for coming uh, and being so open and vulnerable and sharing your story and your experience. Of course. That's what this And what I it really is. think it'll help a lot of people. And fucking if you want, tweet me, message me. I'm here. That's what this is. This is not like you're not alone. You know what I mean? That's that's the most important thing because um I I know from listening to podcasts they've actually really helped me. Um yeah. I don't listen I only listen to a few, but the ones that I, I connect with, they've completely changed my life and shown me the value in in the work that we do and sharing stories and experiences yeah and like from sharing i've gotten so many people tweeting me their shit i'm like damn that sounds fucked up man right Uh, that's what i'm saying that's what makes that's part of the healing process is realizing and perspective and just you know time and peace and people people like authenticity Mm -hmm. people like that yeah it makes sense all right well speaking of authenticity love you love you too guys subscribe rate and review yeah and thank you to our sponsor top tree yes top tree coming through yep all right thanks guys thanks no i loved it Uh